0: Tech companion. This is episode one hundred and fifteen. I am your host Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry, and today we're discussing Enterprise's first season episodes: Strange New World, Unexpected, and Terra Nova. Here we go.
1: <coughs> Strange New World, Season 1, Episode 4, Production Number 104. Original air date October 10th, 2001. Directed by David Livingston. Story by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Teleplay by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Kelly Waymeyer as Elizabeth Cutler, Henry Lubati as Ethan Novakovich, and Ray Galagos as
2: Crewman. <laughs> The infinite blackness of space is interrupted for the Enterprise crew by the discovery of a beautiful new world, a natural Eden of unexplored mountains, rivers, wildflowers, fields, and forests. Dismissing DePaul's cautious advice to conduct scans and tests from orbit before commersing commersing any surface exploration, Captain Archer orders an away team. There's someone else out there. What? Near the campsite. I think we've had enough ghost stories for one night. It's no
1: story.
0: We've scanned the planet. It's uninhabited.
1: I'm telling you, I saw three people.
0: Strange New World. Steve, why don't you start us on Strange New World?
1: Okay. Um, I don't know why they wear ball caps. I guess it's a fashion thing or something, but that kind of struck me funny. Um... I think this is the first mention of Minshara class as like M class where we get the word. I guess it's a Vulcan word, which is interesting. Yeah. Overall, I thought the episode. I mean, there's there's fun stuff, and we learn a little bit about different different crew and so on. But um, it kind of feels like it's it's not a whole lot just stretched out into one big episode, you know. But um, you know, I mean, they're just they're just getting going here. This is only the second. Uh, regular length episode so mm-hmm. well you know the um like the
0: campfire scene that story and stuff that felt a little bit like filler like it lasted a little mm-hmm. too long i think it's you know what makes it feel like filler feel like filler say that three times fast mm-hmm. uh it's when when it's like you know in a dialogue scene um that hasn't doesn't really tell you anything has nothing to do with about any characters yeah really. uh, if there's a character bit in there it's this idea that that uh, mayweather grew up in a place where they told ghost stories and they're you know okay that's a character thing but I mean once I know that everything else is like well filler um, so that can make it feel a little long and stuff but you know overall for me it was um this episode was better than I remembered it hmm. um, I, I do think it has I'm not saying it's great, and it, it definitely has some flaws, um, but it was better than I remembered it. I, I remembered it as being bad, and I don't think this is a bad episode, actually. Um, one thing I thought was some of this stuff, like especially after they start hallucinating and, um, you know, Trip pulls a phaser on Paul, and, and I don't trust you and this and that uh, – some of it, it feels like this What might have... Like, is that very surprising if you don't really know these characters yet? I don't think so. So maybe, like, this same episode, I don't know. I think it might have worked better later in the series, at least later in the season. Mm-hmm. It, it almost seems too early to play off of... Uh, like, I, I'm not surprised that, that he... I don't know who he is. You mm-hmm. know, or, mm-hmm. So that doesn't have the effect I think it was supposed to have. Um, but, you know, overall... Overall, I, I think it's it's interesting that they go to their first M-class planet and uh, the way they react uh, to it and the way they are researching it. And I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. And then you know when the whole when the hallucin- hallucinations begin, um, their reaction to it and how Archer deals with it and stuff. I think I think it keeps my interest. And I think I actually learned some things about the characters from scenes like that. Um, Especially now that I know the characters already, uh, and I can watch those scenes. And for the same reasons I'm saying maybe it didn't work as such an early show. It works when you've seen the show before. Mm-hmm. Um So it was it was better than I remembered it for me. Uh Caesar, what were some of your first thoughts?
2: Um Yeah, I thought it was a pretty I I thought it was an entertaining episode. You know, We've seen kind of this plot line before many times in in Star Trek and all the different series, but kind of the difference that we see in this one, it's not something supernatural or some alien life form. That's kind of what you're expecting. They kind of play on that. Um, It's just pollen. So because, so it makes you kind of realize like how unsophisticated they are compared to other series. You know, if um, the, um, Picard's Enterprise pulled up to this planet. There, you know, it wouldn't have been an issue. So I like that there are things that trip them up as little as pollen. It doesn't. They don't have to make up something fantastical to move this story forward. So I kind of liked. I like that um, aspect of this. You know, like, oh, our sensors didn't pick it up. Um, so, well,
0: in that sense, it's another example where to Paul was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she urged caution. She said we should check it out first. Oh well, yeah. Because we're not going to spend six or seven days investigating this. Well, you know what? I have a feeling. Uh, what was the name of the guy that almost died? That got transported with like leaves inside <laughs> his body?
1: Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Um,
0: Dijanovic D- D- or Dekenevich? Oh, Novakovich. Yeah. Yeah. Novakovich, yeah. You know what? I think he would look back and say, that might have been worth the six or seven days. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, well, the one thing that they should have been able to de- detect is a storm, come a storm front coming, you know, a couple hours away. <laughs> I was like, they're up in space. They should be able to see, like, a bunch of clouds coming towards that position. So that was the one thing I was like, come on.
0: <laughs> Why Novanovic? I can't remember his name. He never came back on the show. Why... Why I bring him up? Uh, one of the things I read in the kind of the behind the scenes in this episode, originally it was that he was gonna that character was gonna die, and Scott Bakula said to the writers, "I think, I think when somebody dies, that we need to react to that. We need to have a scene and time for to, to react to the loss of a crew member, for at least the first time. Uh, and because they didn't have time to write that scene, to put that scene in the episode, they just wrote
1: a line about he's gonna make it,
0: <laughs> you know." <laughs> That makes sense.
2: I
1: wonder if it would have been more t- just because there were things that drug out, as we said, there were certain things that felt like, okay, we get it, we get it, we get it. I kind of wonder if that would have been interesting or helped a little bit, you know?
2: Maybe, yeah, think, you know maybe, a maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it stuck that lesson in there that you can't just go jumping on any, you know, you can't go jumping in, listen to Paul
0: well you know it's lucky that to, it's something I thought about too if they'd listened to her in the beginning this would none of this would have happened but also they're sure lucky there was a Vulcan down on the planet yeah <laughs> she was the only one who could I like that I like that she they gave her an opportunity to lose it just a little bit mm-hmm. just a little and she even says you know she's so logical and intelligent is it affecting you yes but just a little bit <laughs> you know <laughs> she recognizes that that's 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 neat um, but yeah they're lucky she was there otherwise they'd really been screwed <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I like the way they started off the, with the teaser with the the two crewmen, um, the one who the leaf guy and
0: the other. It felt like the lower like a lower decks engine. Yeah, in it. yeah,
2: because you know these are obviously you know we're only a few episodes in, but we obviously haven't seen any of these. So I think you, you kind of think to yourself like, are these new characters or that kind of thing? But it was kind of nice starting off the main cast.
0: I saw one like review of this episode from the time, like you know from the original time to this mm-hmm. aired review. Where they were like, This is only like the second or third episode. Uh, if you ha- just tuning in to watch this show, you would be very confused, you would think those people were leads, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, yeah, I'll buy that. You know, there's a reason they didn't do lower decks until like what season six or seven. So, <laughs> of next gen, um, obviously, this is a it's not actually a bottle show, but you're right, like what you said, Adam, about there's no villain there's no alien anything like that you know it is really just the enterprise crew um do you feel like in that kind of episode it, that it's adding that there's character development in here sounds like uh steve you would say no and adam you might say yes
2: based on what you guys have said um well, I mean, it's an experience. You know, it's a bonding experience. Obviously, you know, a camping trip. You know, is obviously a bonding experience. And then they kind of went through something. I don't know if I would say horrific, but very traumatical, traumatic. And um, yeah, they pulled through it. So I, I don't know if it tells you more about the characters, but it bonds them a little bit more. Especially um, um Tucker and Depaul. You know, they go through this, and um, they come out, come out okay. So.
1: I think it's. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can. I can see that. I just wonder if it's. It's a little bit limited just because they're not themselves the whole time. Now, of course, we've seen this in Trek a number of times. Like I'm thinking, like the Naked Time and the Naked Now. You know, a little bit of this. You go a little bonkers and let's see what. Early ensues. episodes. Early yeah, episodes. all early. Yeah. So yeah. it's that, it's that pattern, right? Um, so I when it, when those kind of things work at their at their best, it's when it reveals something about you know right. the characters now we may have seen a little bit of that but i think there are maybe some missed opportunities to do that you know let's let's see a little more let's see a little darker like what's 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 turning you off here what's making you so nuts you know when you get that way i don't know
2: uh, i you know maybe that would have been nice to kind of find a reasoning behind tucker's anger mm-hmm. you know? because i mean you know you think about it when you're impaired Generally, um, suppressed feelings come out. So his suppressed feelings were fear and anger at the Vulcans. So, so it would if, maybe be nice to count. that's kind of kinda
1: like Vulcan. same old, same old at this point. You yeah, everyone hates Vulcans. Yeah, get it. But yeah, yeah. we don't know so, why.
2: I mean, but you know, having a, sure. a, a more clear and present, you know, you know, basically all we know is Tucker doesn't like Vulcans because they didn't let Archer's dad fly his ship. So yeah, it would have been nicer that, to kind of
0: yeah, have sounds a reason. more like Archer's Archer's and trips.
2: So um, it would have been maybe nice to kind of get a backstory for why he really had an angst against Vulcan's. Well in you know, that case maybe you one needed, pushed him
0: down. He would have needed something more uh like like when he sees the the rock people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that's what's manifesting in his mind, which really is because Mayweather, I think, said something, right? Yeah. So maybe something a little bit more tailored for him that lets us mm-hmm. in on his <clears> fear as opposed to just, you know, scary looking rock people. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that might have. You know, I think that if they would have went that way, we could have got a little bit more into what t- Tucker's psyche. Yeah, like, you know,
0: like everyone's seeing different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 But when I say I think this episode is better than I remember, you know, I'm saying I think it works because obviously I know Tucker is not going to kill T'Pol. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I felt tension in that scene oh, when, yeah. she, when he's aiming the the phase pistol at her, and you cut back to the bridge, and T'Pol says something in Vulcan uh in the Vulcan language and Hoshi tells Picard she's saying Picard she thinks Picard ha <laughs> <laughs> she's she's when she tells Archer she's saying that she thinks Trip is going to kill her and I think she she's serious and that's what is going to ha- could happen mm-hmm. um you know that that was that was dramatic and I felt the tension I felt the fear um even though I knew she wasn't going to die uh and that's how you know when I when I'm aware of that fact that there's no way she's about to drop dead. Yet I feel tension. That to me tells me that it's working on on a level as a construct between the performances and the writing and what I'm looking at. You know the Mason scene, etc. It must be working if I feel tension there, even though I know nothing's going to happen. So,
2: well, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good. You know, like I said, we're the third episode in, and we have a. You can already see we have a strong cast with. um strong abilities, so I think it might, except for maybe Patrick Stewart, I think it took us a little bit to kind of trust all the actors in um, Next Gen.
0: Hmm. Um,
2: sounds like we don't have a lot to
0: say about this episode. Um, what do you guys think it's about?
2: Um, I would go back to... <laughs> bonding and I'm um, growing as a crew together. I mean, it's a, to me, it's kind of a bonding episode. Um, learning to, I don't know if they, you know, learning to trust each other in a weird, extreme way.
1: I think it's all, it might be also a little bit about, you know, expectations and so on. I mean, you know, they go to this, they think it's paradise and everything starts going crazy pretty quickly. You know, I mean, it may be a little bit of a lesson of, you know, you, you can't just, judge a book by its cover you can't just assume everything's cool because of how it looks you know you gotta you know it's dangerous out here we have to be careful something like that did you guys feel um,
0: chemistry between T'Pol and Trip those actors I mean do you you see that's that because that's kind of the first that scene where he's aiming the face pistol at her and saying those things about how he really feels um that's kind of their first big pairing up for a while. You know, do you see that scene and, and see? yeah, I can see how they might pair them up by the time the show's over?
1: I don't know if I saw it at the time. And it's hard to say now, you know, knowing already, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I think they, they play off each other well. I think that's always been the case. I think it's, and the, I don't, The other I got don't,
2: good chemistry as actors.
1: Yeah. I, I don't recall at the time, to- like now what I thought at the time, you know, but, but you feel because that, that's why I'm asking, because I kind of mm-hmm. feel some um,
0: chemistry between them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember at the time thinking that, you know, being conscious of it. Uh, but looking back now, knowing what they're going to do with those characters, I can kind of see,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, maybe this is the kind of stuff that gave them that idea. Because they do, to me, it seems like they've they have got some chemistry. It seems like mm-hmm. they play off each other in, in a kind of interesting way. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Like... You know, if you put Trip and Hoshi in a room together, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. Although Pod One, Trip, and uh, Reed—they also That's have good have. chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs>
2: All
0: right. Do you guys feel like we covered this? one? I feel like I don't know.
2: Yeah, we did. You no, know, I
0: feel like this episode deserved a little bit more than what we did, but uh, since uh, we're out of gas on it already,
2: um, yeah, it was like it was entertaining. I don't know if it had a whole lot. To what it was about, but I enjoyed it. All right, all right. Well, we won't
0: beat a dead horse. I, I like uh, a couple of like Star Trek kind of references. The title, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, where no dog has gone before. That was this one. <laughs> That's. I mean, it's almost too much, but uh, <laughs> it's not. Doesn't make me cringe a little like I do with "I can see my house from here." But right to of that. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to Six Degrees for a Strange New World. Adam. Yes. Kelly Waymire played Elizabeth Cutler, the exobiologist that Tabal brings on the away mission who apparently has no luck making friends with the Vulcan. In Voyager's sixth season in the episode Muse, she plays one of the actresses in a play written by a local poet on a pre-warp planet. The poet is inspired by a stranded crew member from Voyager named the crew member.
2: Um, the Doctor?
0: No. Steve? Torres? You're correct, it was Torres. And Steve, this is a gimme because uh, you said it during our discussion. Oh. This is uh, the only one that... I couldn't get to Six Degrees questions out of because there weren't a lot of guest stars in this episode. This episode tells us what the M in it, Class M Planet stands for. What was it again? Minshara. You're correct. It was Minshara. Uh, Minshara. Right. Uh, Kelly White Waymire who played Aunt Elizabeth Cutler, you know, she does it a few times. And I remember her best in Dear Doctor, which at least my memory was that that was my favorite episode from Season 1. We'll see. Although, you know, I had an e- email or was it a – sometimes I forget whether listeners, whether you contact us via email or, or Twitter or our Facebook page. But, but we did have someone that – that e- yeah, that was an email, right? And he was like uh, – <laughs> he was surprised that I liked Dear Doctor so much. <laughs> so um, um, anyway, uh, why did I mention this? Um, oh, but that Kelly Waymire, you know, I like her a lot. And when I was researching these episodes, I didn't realize – you know she died she was only 36 years old and she died she was in like three episodes in here in season 1 and she died you know in real life and the year after this season so they decided instead of recasting her they just never brought the character back but hmm. you know it's one of those things there's so many people in star trek that of course some of them die young some of them die old yeah uh but you know so it was it was surprising um and remind me at the end, speaking of listeners, I should mention a couple of tweets that we got about this song, even. <laughs> uh, okay. So Steve has two, Adam has nada. Moving on. <laughs>
1: Unexpected Season 1, Episode 5, Production Number 105, Original Air Date October 17, 2001, Directed by Mike Beecher, Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, Music Composed by Jay Chataway, Guest Cast include Julianne Christie as Ah Randy Oglesby as Trinnell, Christopher Darga as Captain Barak, Reggie Davis as Klingon First Officer, T.L. Coleman as Alien Man, John Cragen as Crewman, Drew Howerton as Steward, and Mike Baldridge as Dillard.
2: A rash of odd malfunctions are afflicting the Enterprise. Chief Engineer Tucker determines the ship's plasma exhaust flow is being restricted for some unknown reason. When Archer orders Lieutenant Reed to ignite the plasma exhaust, they discover a cloaked alien ship riding between the ship's nacelles. Archer hails the hitchhikers and learns their engines are malfunctioning and they've been using the Enterprise's exhaust to replenish them. Archers offers to help them with repairs, so Tucker prepares for a three-day away mission on the disabled ship. We don't have any data on their mating procedures, but uh, I wouldn't think it would be that
1: difficult for you to recollect a sexual encounter.
0: Three days. You were only there for three days, and you couldn't restrain yourself.
1: I'm telling you, Captain, I was a complete gentleman the entire time.
0: I imagine that's a question of how you define gentlemen. Unexpected. Unexpected. Uh... Adam, your turn to start us off.
2: <laughs> this one feels more like a Star Trek episode so far. You know, you have the just the the nipples on the wrist. I don't know. That's just odd to me. That says Star Trek. Adam Caesar, that says Star Trek. Nipples on kind of, wrist. Kind of just goofy. I was just like, Why would he have nipples on his on his wrist? Oh well. But um I remember this episode. Um, it's it, it's obviously me- memorable just because i um, you know Tucker gets pregnant and he's embarrassed. He has the big shirt on. Um, we get to see the Klingons again. Um, um, I know I've harped on this in the past episodes, but I like kind of how that they're just not able to go on another ship. That there's you know different atmospheres and things of that nature. So I like the transition process of him having to go through. You know, I know it's clunky. It might you know, you can kind of get into a story a lot faster, but I, I don't know. I would kind of enjoy that. Just the
0: yeah, that's probably my favorite aspect of this episode, actually. It's the it's, and, the it's the thing that holds up as being the most interesting to me.
2: And you know, the ship with the I then thought that was interesting. You know, they grew their. I mean, they're just a, actually a really kind of a very different species than we've kind of seen. You know, it's and it must it's probably hard to create new aliens over and over again. And you know, we're obviously in the last series of Star Trek, so I kind of found it refreshing that they kind of found a new way to display alien life, even though it's humanoid, but just the different way they live and stuff like that. I think all too often that we saw, when we saw alien life on on any of the other series, it was pretty similar to humans, so these people seem very different. Steve, what are some of your first thoughts?
1: Well, I agree with that. I agree that the, uh, the unusual nature of this race and the ship and that whole transition takes place. That, that is the most interesting part of it. And it's, uh, it's probably a more realistic approach to what would have to happen, um, in these kind of situations and what we've seen in the past. And so that's cool. Um, I don't I mean, yeah, it's, it's obviously a memorable episode just because of how silly it is or whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it it's, funny is something different there's it's there's, i could the, totally the banter they have yeah. joking is kind of fun later you know it's...
0: i could see how somebody could hate this episode i mean hate mm-hmm. it i yeah. could totally see that somebody who loves star trek for being a certain kind of thing i could see how this would be like offensive to them i mm-hmm. I, I i'm not one of those people i don't feel that way but i would certainly respect it if somebody did i could see that um and I, I, too remember it. I remember seeing the trailer for it for the first time. I think we heard rumors about it mm-hmm. um, that Trip was going to get pregnant, and then, and you know, we saw the first trailer for so it. I remember that. Um, but looking back with hindsight, that whole aspect of it feels almost gimmicky now. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't bother me, but it's it's almost gimmicky, and uh, it. it <sighs> I'm glad they don't spend too much time um, on, you know, silly pregnant trip. You guys remember there was a deleted scene, which was him, like, having morning sickness or something, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, I'm glad that's not in the episode. I'll just, I'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think that kind of... Well,
2: thankfully, they gave themselves an easy out with the, the, you know, it's like, well, it's not really... Genetically, or is you're just a host? So. Yeah, that
0: was a very yeah that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the stuff that makes it cool, like we were saying, what <laughs> what what made me enjoy watching it, what makes it different, it, it all it has to do with yes that that three hour decompression and acclimation when he gets in there and the way he's tripping because it's so different and um and even that uh, this is here's something that I, I read I think Brandon Braga talked about. How he thought this episode did a good job of showing how these crew people were different. They weren't the seasoned space explorers of, say, Next Gen. You know, when when Trip is over there and he doesn't feel well and he's just saying to Archer, "Get me out of here. I don't want to be here. Get me out of here." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, that's not something that, uh, like when Bra said, you know, Riker wouldn't have said that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know that is interesting and that it, and that is different. Does that alone justify its existence? I don't know. But you know, talking about how maybe this is slightly more realistic the first time you're dealing with an alien race. Uh I don't know that that actually adds to what we're gonna when we get to what it's about, I don't know that it adds anything to anything like that. But it makes it interesting to watch. It makes it you know, it makes it a little bit different from, you know, the next gen DS9 Voyager uh mm-hmm. series is. Um and if that's the point of what, of what this show was trying to achieve, I think this is an example of an episode that whether you like that or not, I'm not saying whether that's a good or bad thing, but I think this is an episode, uh, where they kind of pulled that off. Um, and for that reason, it's probably the most <laughs> effective episode of the three episodes we're discussing today.
1: Um. Do you think out of curiosity what do you, I don't know do you think it'd be better or worse if they made the pregnancy less farcical you know like if it was you know okay it's still obviously hmm this is bizarre you know a male becoming pregnant but there was like danger to his health or or something or there was more moral discussion or I don't know
0: what, what my problem with it is because it is so farcical it's 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 dangerously close to being sexist yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know um that's why i said i'm glad like that deleted scene isn't in there uh so i think it definitely would have been better but you know they were obviously going for they could have gone way farther yeah you know like we're saying with that scene with everything they could have just done gone full on uh and they didn't do that Mm -hmm. Uh, and when it came time to cut a scene they cut that morning sickness scene so it certainly could have been worse, and I think that's the that's the thing that kind of holds this episode back. But
2: yeah, I only found it funny when DePaul was lecturing him.
0: Oh, that's the the funniest the, yeah. the funniest line in like, <laughs> yeah. one, two, three, four, depending on how you count the pilot. Yeah, uh, four episodes we've had so far is her saying three days you were there for three days <laughs> i mean i laughed yeah. out loud when she says that
2: yeah you could just leave it after that because yeah. there's not a better line or way to make fun of them or give them a hard time after that yeah
0: so yeah that's that <laughs> um so i don't know what do you think adam do you think it would have been you know better for them to be less farcical
2: Yeah, I mean, um, when we get into what this episode's about, I think we're gonna run a little bit short, and I think they could have said something here about single parenthood, or they could have gone a number of different ways about uh, trying to say something about, you know, well, integrity, responsibility of life, or integrity, you know. But they, like you said, they kind of kind of joked with it, and um, then we got into the whole Klingon bit, and that was that.
1: And I think I think, and also, I think it would have helped with the kind of the consistency of the tone, were it less farcical, because it's almost like a it's a, you know, a tale of two halves. I mean, the first half, you know, I mean, it's it's interesting. We have this, oh, this is bizarre. This whole experience. Oh, look how bizarre this ship is and these people. And oh, it's is kind of scary and he's nervous. And then it's like a big joke, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. Half?
0: yeah and the second half is when you get the Klingon on the holodeck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can see my house from here. You know, I can tell that line was written by the same person that wrote the morning sickness scene. Right. right, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, well,
2: or maybe they could have just dropped the whole baby thing and we could have learned more about the race in general, because it was kind of there. In- Tucker and the, um, the girl, their interactions were interesting, you know, especially this is so, this is brand new for Tucker. He's never had this kind of experience. Um and what you were talking about earlier, Brian, you know like Riker or whoever else in any other um series is experienced with dealing with um alien life so they could' have explored that more there was a like, several different ways to go, but
0: you know, mm-hmm. they just yeah, I, a little bit of fun yeah, I think you're right that it it feels almost like two different you know halves and and tonally it's 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 pretty different and it kind of makes you think like like they had two different ideas that were you know
2: my mm, together or something you know, maybe they thought the first two episodes were a little bit serious and kind of you know action packed they just wanted to lighten it up a bit with this one, yeah, but like when
0: trip is tripping, that doesn't seem that's not funny to me that doesn't seem like that still seems in the no harsh, no what I'm talking about. harsh alien world very different than us thing, you know
2: yeah. I see what you're saying, but the second half of the episode, yeah,
0: is- yeah. So what do you, so what do you think it's about? And, and like Caesar, what you were getting at earlier, what do you think it would would have made it more effective uh, being about instead of whatever it is you're about to say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what I was saying earlier, I mean, you know, they didn't. They chose. There's a lot of different things that they could have moral lessons, or they could have said about. You know, the response. There's a lot of different ways they could have went with this. Maybe exploring more about the life that they have encountered, or they could have tried to say something more. About uh, um, childbirth and the responsibility of, of raising children. Now, there's a lot of things to go, to say with that, but um, they just kind of kept it lighthearted. You know, kind of felt more like the movie Twin, or what's the what's the movie that Arnold Junior <laughs> felt more like the comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Arnold's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I think I think it's for me, at least for me, to nail down something here because yeah, there's a lot of ways that could have gone. I mean, you could have been, you know, he's he's like, you know, enth- he's enthusiastic. I want to get out there and we're going to meet aliens and do this kind of stuff, and then it gets scary and it's it's weird, and then that kind of get that whole vibe gets abandoned when you know, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want to get pregnant, but then it gets it gets silly and not a fear thing and a caution thing. So they could have changed direction there. They could have talked about the kind of the. uh the benefits of of learning about something new and enjoying a new culture. Because initially he's trepidatious, if he just wants to leave. But because he stuck it out, he, you know, got a, a experience. Which I guess he got an experience. But you know, it, <laughs> it's. It's just yeah, it's just that that tone shift kind of blows it. And, and there
2: was there was a little bit of chemistry between Tucker and the um, the girl he was with on the alien ship. Oh, yeah, shift. definitely. Yeah. And yeah. they kind of you know right when it was starting to get going, they cut it off. You know, it's like oh we got to get back to engineering, then you don't see her again until the end of the episode. So that's actually that kind of felt weird to me that they I cut that off.
0: This boy. episode is was one of the first ones where I never feel like they're rushing. I never feel like um like there's sk- like like they skipped scenes or something but i f- like the running time of the episode seems like it's not long enough like it should have been mm-hmm. longer you know it's one of the first times where i was really conscious of the fact that you know enterprise by the time you know the history of television is you know uh, more and m- as time goes on less content more a- ads right mm-hmm. when you go back to the original series they were like 51 minutes long mm-hmm. and the first the beginning of Next Gen was like forty-six minutes, you know. And toward the end of Voyager, I think we were at forty-four minutes, you know. And by the time you get to Enterprise, they're like forty-two minutes. <laughs> um, so we went from we literally doubled the commercials from from nine minutes to eighteen minutes between the original series and Enterprise. Um, but when you say that the the uh, Enterprise is like forty-two minutes ish, versus Next Gen's forty six, four minutes difference doesn't seem like a lot, but here it's it feels like they didn't have enough screen time to do what they wanted to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is what it, it felt. It feels like short, you know. And I never feel that way about the other shows. If anything, sometimes I felt like they were they maybe too long, or especially when they would do two parters. Mm-hmm. there were times when it felt like things were being dragged out but this show I do remember my memory is that it frequently felt like they just didn't have enough time to do whatever they were trying to do and that four minutes makes a heck of a difference mm-hmm. and this is the first one where I where I kind of felt that way
2: yeah four minutes you guys, could have been another scene between Tucker and
0: you guys ever think that at all Am I, I've never read anybody else's critiques or something where they talk about that it's just something I've always kind of felt like this is the first show where I feel it,
1: yeah, I can see that and I think um the the problem is it's the same production bunch you know I mean if you if you'd shifted gears and shifted mindsets kind of going into this ah. but they're so used to doing this rhythm but you're, you're they're just getting it chopped off so instead of changing the pattern or let's just let's just do something different, they're still trying to do it, but let's just do it faster or, I see yeah that's a good point so maybe it wouldn't have felt that way had they had a
0: different mindset about it and yeah okay, so you've got basically next gen DS9 Forager, uh, riders etc. Ha- getting everything chopped off four right. minutes early versus resetting the clock to be forty two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, in the, this episode kind of felt to me more like um, a next gen episode just structurally and in, in the way in the look. You know, there, in the the previous you know the pilot and the previous episodes, there's a you know you have the cave scenes. There's a lot of um, you know, handheld camera movement and a lot of, and this one, this episode, they kind of seemed to settle down. It was like the, the shooting style seemed a lot more calmer and tame, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. the editing was more paced. We had a lot more quicker, pa- we had a quicker pace in the previous episodes that we've talked about, and this one was just kind of, to me, it kind of just was a, was a slower show, as far as editing and pace is concerned. So I, don't-
0: I I agree with you about um. Trip and, uh, the lead female alien, Anna, what was her name? Um, Alen, maybe? Mm-hmm, or whatever is, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think so. Having chemistry. Like, I like that scene where she's feeding him the water cubes mm-hmm. and the little electricity between her hand and his mouth and stuff. You know, it's, it's, it is sensual, but not like, not like, you know, uh, blue, uh, goo rub down after an away team mission. <laughs> you, <know>? um, <laughs> you thought I wasn't going to get that in. Uh, so, you know, I like that and, and I agree that they had something in, and then when they go to the holodeck uh, which is neat, which I suppose makes this the earliest well, no, no, no. Yes, it, this must Yeah, this would be the earliest chronologically kind of holodeck in the Star Trek universe. Who knows if Maybe we got the tech from them or something. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Um so this episode works um but I think, yeah, I agree that if they had been a little bit less farcical, if we'd gotten more of the tone from the first half in the second half, you could still have got had him getting pregnant. Uh and You're still it, gonna
2: it, have had to Paul say those lines. It would have been funny.
0: Yep, yeah, it still would have been funny. <laughs> uh All right, I think we've covered this one. Let's do Six Degrees for Unexpected. Let's see, Steve has two. Adam, are you going first or second?
2: Um, I'll go first.
0: Julianne Christie plays Alen, the Zerillian engineer that apparently doesn't believe in birth control. In Voyager's episode Homestead, she played Dexa. Which Voyager uh, crew member falls in love with Dexa, and permanently disembarks Voyager.
2: Um, would that be Neelix?
0: You are correct. I always thought of Homestead as the penultimate episode of Voyager, but that's not right. It was actually two episodes on <laughs> the end. Oh, okay. uh, Christopher, uh, Steve, Christopher Darga plays Commander Vorak, the Klingon captain that can see his house from pretty far away. <laughs> Darga played another Klingon commander, K-Bok, in the DS9 episode that first brought Worf aboard the station. Name the episode... In, uh, the way of the warrior you are correct way of the warrior we're all right so steve s3 adam s1 moving on
1: terra nova season one episode six production number 106 original air date october 24th 2001 directed by lavar burton story by rick berman and brandon braga teleplay by antoinette stella music composed by david bell guest casts include eric Avery as german mary carver as nadette brian jacobs as Ethan, and greville henwood as Ackery.
2: Over 75 years ago, the spaceship Constanoga left Earth on a nine year one way mission to establish the first human colony outside the solar system called Terra Nova. The colony thrived on their beautiful new planet and was such a success, the space agency on Earth decided to send another vessel. The colonists protested and angry messages were traded. Then one day, all the transmissions from Terra Nova ceased. Decades later, the Enterprise is dispatched to find out what happened to that lost colony. It might take a little while, but they'll adapt.
1: It's a hell of a lot better than dying down in those tunnels. They've lived in those tunnels for three generations. You can't just pluck them up and bring them to a strange world and hope they'll learn to conform. You'd be destroying their identity. Destroying the Novan culture.
0: Terra Nova. Well, here we have the first uh, kind of crappy episode of Enterprise, unfortunately. Um, that said, this, uh, this episode has two things going for it that make me very glad that it exists. And the first of those two is the fact that Mary Carver is in it. And she played the Simon and Simon Brothers' mom in Simon and Simon, which is mm. one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So for that reason alone this could be like the worst episode of all Star Trek and I would still watch it over and over because I love Simon Simon so I love Mary Carver um and this episode brings almost nothing to Enterprise if you didn't watch this episode I don't think it would have any effect on the show in any way but there is one interesting thing one thing that I'm going to latch on to besides Simon and Simon's mom being in it. Uh, and that's, this seems to me it's the first time, two thirds into the episode, Archer's trying to figure out what to do. And he's thinking about just taking them all back to Earth. And to Paul says, you can't just make them live the way you think they should. You'd be destroying their identity. And Archer listens to her and he takes her recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't really happened, right? And, you know, and it's it's the first time that that you know, I mean that should be the the situation, right? And maybe later I'm going to complain that it doesn't happen more. But that actually happens in this episode. She serves an actual function as essentially an exo. Uh and he grows in this episode, which I'm not sure has really, you know, the pilot. He opened up about I need to be better. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, you know, we didn't really see that happen. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so this is kind of the first realization of that near the end of the pilot, that scene, you know, where uh-huh. he says, "I'm gonna need help, and I need to get over my preconceptions about Vulcans, etc." Uh, does that one little bit make this episode worth existing? No. Obviously, Simon and Simon's mom does. <laughs> but that is the one thing that I'll, that I'll latch on to as making this episode not a complete stinker. I mean, it's not that it's bad. It's just it's almost like it would have been better if it was a Spock's brain, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it, there's, there's nothing interesting that happens in this episode to me. Uh, nothing unique, nothing we haven't seen plenty of times before in Star Trek and even in other shows um you see every scene coming a mile away every story realization is not a surprise um we don't really learn much about any other characters etc so this episode is almost a waste of time except for those couple of things that i liked that's those are my first thoughts about this episode
2: what are your guys first thoughts um yeah i'd agree with you about the, the scene simon and simon's mom, mom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um no, I agree with you about the um, the scenes with DePaul and um, Archer. I think earlier in the episode, he was um, he was mad at himself about making first contact, and he's like, "If I can't make first contact with humans, I shouldn't be out here." So, he's he's learning. You know, we've talked about it. he's learning on the job, and um, I, that was probably the best scene of the of the episode you were t- you were referring to with DePaul and Archer. Um, you know, that's what I thought,
1: and in the. This language crap stuff, that gets tiresome. You know, of course what I what I think of is GRUP.
2: I wanted to hear him say (laughs) grass. It
1: it reminds me unless you're gonna ask that question, I'll tell you the name of the episode. But it reminds me of that original series episode. I was not gonna ask that question. Okay, Miri or whatever. Yeah. Because that kind of stuff, you know, it makes me think um how funny it'd be just to go to work one day and just fabricate ahead of time terms (laughs) different terms for things you use all the time. It's like what in the hell are you talking about? You know, I watched it with with my wife, and you're she, she uh-huh. just like I don't know. You're not as used to this kind of thing because I guess in sci-fi you get this sometimes, and certainly you know. It, uh-huh. it's like what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is it? what? Uh-huh. You know, it, yeah, it gets kind of tiresome.
0: When it's a good when it's a good episode. I mean, sometimes I like like mm-hmm. kind of idiosyncratic dialogue, and and when when it's it's unique, but you can immediately tell what they're saying and, this is very important, you don't, like, accent it with a wink and a nod. You know, it really needs to just just fire and go, like they would actually, how they would actually talk, you know. Um, When they're trying too hard to make it, you know, when they're hanging a lamp on it, uh, (laughs) then then it comes off as really kind of silly. Um, But otherwise, it's neat when they can, you know, uh, walk that line between... Word, you know a combination of words you never heard before yet I know what exactly what they're saying that's I mean that's 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 kind of interesting and on one hand and, and 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 to be clear I'm saying yes I agree this episode fails to do that right mm-hmm. um, but really this is how it should be like even the entire show <laughs> even enterprise the closest one chronologi- chronologically to our time uh even that, they should be talking kind of like this the whole time, right? And by the time you get to next gen's time, honestly, it should be like somebody from 2015 reading Shakespeare.
1: Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> uh, because the truth is, uh, I think I've said this quote on our show before, but it was a quote from a linguist I read in an article years ago and it's always stuck with me. Nobody anywhere speaks the same way they did 100 years ago. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, read this letters from the Civil yeah. War, you can't it, use. but
0: yeah. It's language is you know it's a, there's it's alive and it changes and really everything should be different. Um, so it's even a cheat that we that the Enterprise crew sounds like you and I talking to each other. But that, anyway, that's kind of a, a side comment. So so on one hand, it, it makes sense that this would happen that they had 70 years of diverging language and that they would have gone this direction. But yeah, it, because of the way they. They do it. It ends up instead of feeling cool and appropriate, it feels
1: uh, like not Grup. so much
0: Grub, Yeah, grub.
2: <laughs> I did like the concept of this episode. You know, kind of a lost colony. You know, what yeah, happened to it. Um, I, I enjoyed the con- and i and they. I felt like they left a lot of backstory out of there because you know they got the transmissions from the you know the last transmissions that were sent out, and obviously the colonists there felt like. Earth had attacked them, and then that just kind of got dropped. So I, I kind of felt like, oh, there's a lot of backstory there. I'd like to know. I was more interested in that than what was going on actually mm-hmm. in the episode. Kind of like what the kind of the backstory would have been to this.
0: You guys, do you guys feel like I do as far as this is kind of the first, um, basically bad episode of Enterprise? I'm I'm
1: not terrible but it's certainly the worst thus far i believe
0: okay yeah Yeah. but would you call it bad? do you think i'm that's too strong a word
2: um I don't know' we'll have to we'll we'll go through this at the end of the season <laughs> I'm okay
0: not. it's not like just as bad or something
1: yeah right- right it's a it's all yeah. a matter of always a matter of degree you know yeah. i mean
2: I might be a little i'm not quite as hard i'm so far, I haven't been quite as harsh on these because I, I don't really remember them fully all the way through, like uh, different plot points and that kind of thing. So in a lot of ways, it, it is like I'm watching it for the first time, but not. It's kind of like so, – I mean, you can tell. You can
0: tell, okay. Whoever wrote this one, they never let them write another episode. Yeah. No, way. <laughs> no way. Whoever wrote this, no way. They got to write another episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But yeah. I mean, you know, if I'd watched, if I had watched Enterprise like seven times, like I've watched Next Gen, I'd probably be <laughs> this episode. I'd be like, yeah, it's uh, whatever.
0: That's yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a fair that's a fair point. Well, well, I you know I pointed out that one redeeming bit for me. Is there anything for you guys that? Um, I think I read. This is the episode where I didn't realize this but uh, we didn't know um,
1: Flux was a den- Denoblian Denoblian until this episode. Yeah, that's right, I think it's the first time they mention Grace, yeah, I believe. Mm. Yeah,
0: well, um, you know, is there anything other than Simon Simon's mom that makes it
1: worth I, I it for you guys? Well, I do thus far You know, flocks. I mean, I always I liked that actor playing that character throughout the whole series. But thus far, it's really sticking out to me how good he is. I mean, I I enjoy that. Like, there's just little. He's obviously in this episode. There's a few little scenes, but I just like almost everything he does. You know, they go down there. They're practically intentionally getting captured. And his odd behavior of oh, hands up, like he's never put his arms in the air. And then just the way his demeanor is. You know. you know, treating Reed and this kind of, that kind of stuff. I mean, I just, it's solid, you know, I, I like that character. It's interesting. It's Yeah, I said when, so- this, when, when it started uh, that Flocks might be my favorite
0: character. He's it's certainly tied. Um, but I think John Billingsley is probably the strong, he, I know we all love Scott Bakula, um, but put it, put it this way, in the other show, like in, in Next Gen, we love them all and we think they're all great. And if one thing we got out of the last time we watched it, uh, it was, man, Marina Stewardess was so much better than I remembered her, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think anybody anywhere would dispute Patrick Stewart is the king of acting in that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right. You know, for the most part, that's usually how you feel. Um, at most, it's the Captain Tying with the, with the XO, maybe in the original series or something. But in this show, I don't think it's so clear that Bakula is head and shoulders. You know, he's got the, he's got the weight mm-hmm. and he's got the experience. Um, But I think John Billingsley as Flocks, just like what you were just saying, Steve, I think he surprised me and delighted me in his performances. This is, again, my memory. Who knows what we're going to find as we go. But uh, he seemed to surprise and delight me more frequently than anybody else. And I think I enjoyed watching him perform consistently more than anybody else. Like I remember being upset with the way Bacula was playing Archer, say, in season three. It was just always angry, angry, angry. Mm You know, maybe I'm going to feel differently. I'm very open to that possibility and letting myself. You know, I'm trying not to be a pre- preconceived stuff. I'm just talking about my memory. Um, but Billingsley consistently, you know, like you, you guys know, I'm uh, I, I'm I pay the 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 rent by you know working post production film and television out here in LA. There's you know, there's still a big part of me that wants to someday make my own movie, and I have like a list. Um, a list a literal list of actors that I'd love to work with someday and and I would love to direct you know in some of the stories that I have and stuff uh, he's the only star trek person on that list john billingsley there's something about him that I've always found um captivating you know mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. it's the kind of stuff that you're talking about the kind of that that scene with his hands up you know that's the kind of thing that maybe somebody else wouldn't even I, know, enjoyed this. Think to I enjoyed I enjoyed
2: I enjoyed a scene, take us back a couple episodes, we didn't talk about from Strange New World when he was telling Archer about, you know, um, the crewman that was probably going to die but didn't. And I just like the facial reactions, how disappointed he was on his face yeah. and how, he, you know, and kind of owned up to it. I like that. Yeah, that yeah. whole done, he had just the look on his face and how disappointed he wasn't himself and how he felt disappointed. He just, you could just see that all over his face and his, his energy coming out. We didn't mention that before, but since we were talking about him, I thought I'd yeah.
0: mm-hmm. bring it up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you gonna say something before I started talking to, before I joined in the talk about Billingsley? Uh, Adam?
2: No, I think that's what I was gonna say. Just yeah. about that scene from Strange New World.
0: So that's that's something that uh Steve you were saying it makes this episode kind of worth your time, I guess. <laughs>
1: Right right if, I mean I'm just just picking things out that I really enjoyed as I enjoy, enjoy his performance not that I don't always enjoy it, but it I guess it was just kind of a a, a you know a bright spot you know for me in this episode
0: so you're playing this this show every episode of this show for your spouse Warts and no?
1: all yeah, we decided to uh, I asked her if she was game to watch the whole thing with me, and she is so.
0: I guess that means you can't, like, cram the night before our podcast now, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, there's, a, yeah, I do have to work around <laughs> two schedules instead of one, but, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: what do you guys uh, think this episode's about? Oh, you know what, before we do that, the well, last thing I wanted to point out, I actually like some of the opening stuff in this episode, where it seems like, I don't know if they were doing on purpose, probably, but it really seems like kind of an original series mm-hmm. vibe, the mm-hmm. way they beam down into that ghost town, and... You know, and there's the radiation, there's nobody there. Actually, I think there is something in this at the beginning. Brian, they didn't beat them. It's a direct reference to the original series. Like when he, when he, oh, right, you're right, Shuttle Pod. Uh, When he, when he uh, spins the the bicycle wheel or something, didn't they do that in, uh, I
2: bet you're
1: you're right. One of the original series episodes? I think it was the same one we've been joking about. Mary? Yeah.
2: Okay. Find out in a couple of years.
1: So
0: it probably was on purpose, Yeah probably was on purpose but I, I kind of enjoy that even some of the sound effects uh, you know kind of made me th- made it feel a little bit like the original series which is kind of fun mm-hmm. you know and by the time we get to you know, season four my memory of what was my favorite stuff from enterprise consistently uh, so much of that is retro cool um, so maybe but maybe that's unfair but that's that's something out of this episode that I remember thinking was kind of fun okay Um so, uh, is this episode about anything? Mm-hmm. By the standards of our show, uh, when it's really about something, it tends to hold up. When it's not, it tends to not. That's that's not always true, but that tends
1: to be the case. Uh, I mean, we could talk about different things, but I don't think there's any one cohesive thing or even two cohesive things, that mm-hmm. for me, that we could carry on, you know?
2: I mean, I think you... The one thing that you said earlier, Brian, I think it inches Archer a little bit forward. He doesn't make leaps and bounds in this episode, but we do see a little bit of a maturing in him. Tiny bit. So maybe you could go there. Don't know. Maybe healing healing old grudges.
0: Mm. Putting mud on your face doesn't make you into a different species? Yeah. This is true. All right. Sounds like we got nothing.
1: Yeah, I think so, this. I think this episode is shale.
0: <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some funny stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we've exhausted Terra Nova. Uh, didn't it? that that sci-fi show from a couple of years ago? They had a really cool idea that only lasted like a season, where they were like. Psh, going back in time to live on the dinosaurs yeah that was called Terra Nova right
1: that sounds yep. right and wasn't yep.
0: Braga one of the creators of that show
1: huh
0: Possibly. I thought maybe I'm I don't, know, I, don't, I don't remember
2: it wasn't Star Trek so I don't know anything about it yeah, <laughs> yeah the, i remember that show kidding yeah, I'm kidding I remember that show getting interesting and then they, it was over they didn't bring it back
0: yeah I think it was, it was just one of those shows that cost too much money hey you gotta make yourself cheap
2: if you wanna get renewed <laughs>
0: or have everybody watch it. Um, All right. Let's do... Six Degrees for Terra Nova. Steve has three. Adam has one. Uh, Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Eric Avari plays... Jamin, the Nobin that is hesitant to believe he is actually human, until he realizes that his brothers are human, so he must be human too. Hmm. His brothers are named Rick and AJ. <laughs> <laughs> his brothers are named Rick and AJ. All right. That's my last Simon and Simon joke, folks. <laughs> Jeez. All right. In DS9's third season in the episode Destiny, Avari played Yarka, the ex vedic uh, who believed Tracor's third prophecy was coming true, which would result in the destruction of what? Oh. Uh, um, the wormhole? You are correct. The Celestial Temple, also known to us as the wormhole. Uh, Adam, in NextGen's fifth season, in the episode Unification Part 1, he played the Klingon Bajik. Garon is too busy for Picard, so Picard makes a request to Bajik. What does Picard need? Um, a cloaked ship. You are correct. A cloaked ship. Mm. All right. So uh, Steve takes it for the day, but it's not a shutout. Not even close. So you know it is. I, I agree with you. Kind of some of the stuff you've talked about, Adam. You know, it, it feels I mean, it's it's fun to watch this show now. You know, it's mm. it's I have not having it. It is the show that I've seen the least by far. Mm. I've definitely only seen the show twice and haven't watched it in years. And getting to watch, especially these early episodes in HD, which I never saw. Um, it, it is kind of fun uh, to kind of be re-experiencing them uh, in a way. So I'm I'm excited about continuing to watch this show. I really am. Yeah, going pretty good. I did have to mention just a couple of because um, obviously last time I spent a lot of time talking about this song. <laughs> this time I was immediately like chapter forward watching the Blu-rays. Definitely, they got those chapters set up right after the song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I I did not hear the song at all this time. Um, so I'm not even going to complain about the song, even though it sucks. Um, but we had, we had two people uh, tweet to us, or you know, mention us in a tweet, and one of them said, he didn't say he loves the song, but he said, I don't mind the song, and the other person said, uh, I hate the song, it, it, it's a Netflix fail that I can't skip it when I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny that we kind of had both sides, but mostly... The point is that it was kind of, even Steven, one-to-one. One. Yeah, it was um Caffeine Addict uh, that said it was annoying that he couldn't skip the song. But then uh, Mike Seymour said he doesn't hate the song. Okay, yeah, he actually said I, he doesn't loathe it. So I guess that's <laughs> not exactly a ringing endorsement. <laughs> anyway, so not everybody hates the song as much as I do, apparently. I don't loathe it either.
2: Well, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i might hate it more when they speed it up later on they make it worse they don't make it better
0: yeah um you know we didn't talk about it in our last podcast because it went so long i just wanted to real quick run by you ask you guys um you know it was like it's gosh it's been almost a month now since Star Wars uh, celebration, but, you know, I did wait in line overnight to be in that, the, the panel with that. of course, they ended up streaming live around the world anyway, <laughs> uh, hmm. but then they shut off the same trailer to everybody else. saw. But regardless, you know, are you guys excited? That latest trailer that actually has, you know, like Han Solo at the end and stuff. I mean, were you guys as um, excited of- about Star Wars The Force Awakened as I felt when I saw that?
2: There's a lot of cool visuals. I'll say that for that trailer. There's a lot of cool visuals.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I would we'll say yes. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right.
2: That's the- <laughs> there you have it. We talked about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot to the trailer. It just kind of gives you a lot of different images. And then you got um, um, Harrison at the end saying, We're home, Chewie. So.
0: Yeah, well, it looked to me like they were in the Falcon when he said that. Yeah, one. yeah, okay, yeah, I, I yeah that's what it looked it. like. Yeah, that's what I gathered. So, yeah, yeah I'm mean, I'm excited. I'm sure as it gets closer, by the time August September comes around, I'm I'll probably start getting nutty excited about it. You know. Uh, by the way, I saw. Well, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll almost be out. But I I got to see Mad Max early. Oh How was it? God, was it's bananas! It's oh. so
1: incredibly awesome. I'm looking Go
2: forward to it. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's like I was looking forward to that more than Avengers, honestly. No, me. Absolutely. Since last summer
0: when they showed the first trailer for Max Mm -hmm. for Mad Max Fury Road, uh, that trailer, I was immediately more excited about Mad Max than any other movie between then and whenever the next Star Trek movie would be. Right. Uh, And let me tell you, when I have sky high expectations like that, they are never satisfied. And I just kind of accept that that's how it works, but doesn't matter. I'm not going to like hold myself back from being excited. But I was so I had such a, uh, high expectations, and that movie met them and exceeded nice. them, and it's so incredibly good. And I don't want to yeah. talk about why I thought it was good because that would probably be it would be full of spoilers. But you know, if you have well, not, Steve seen, and I
2: probably haven't seen it yet either.
0: So right, uh, if you have not seen Mad Max, which comes out the day after I'm putting this podcast up. Um, you should go see it because it is incredible. And I'm sure there's not going to be even – I can't even imagine Star Wars would be as good as that for as far as big-budget studio pictures. It's so amazing. It is incredible. It is bananas. Go see it. Go see it. All right. Um, so that is – you know, we, we always – if we're going to talk about other little stuff or whatever, we always put it at the tail of the podcast. So, you know, you get, you get the episode stuff. And then you can always stop it if you don't want to hear us talk about, you know, junk like that. And also, the other reason I do it is someday, you know, I somebody's listens to this. A lot of people listen to our episodes, you know, people are listening to episodes we did two years ago. And that's great. And it still works until you get to the end and then you hear our whatever we're talking about that's relevant to that moment in time culturally. But it doesn't matter because you can just hit the stop yeah. yeah. Great. So if you are still with us, I would like to say thank you for spending an hour with us and uh, we are enjoying watching Enterprise and keep your tweets coming uh, Adam uh, is better at tweeting than I am and we all we can all log in all three of us so
2: um,
0: we see them and we read every single tweet or email tweet we tweet away tweet yeah. away
2: send all the tweets you want
0: yes so until next time you can follow us on Twitter at Trek Companion our Facebook listener page is facebook.com slash Companion. you can send us an email trekcompanion at gmail.com until next time, take it easy.
2: Alright, see ya.
0: Fun, I found and past it.